Welcome to Industry Talk, everybody. Bradford hates that, and I love it. I know, you should have seen the face that Quinn was making. <laughs> Cured my ear infection. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate on the Bowie synthesizer. It's like cool. It's a, I like it. I like it. <clears throat> Stylophone. All right, today, boys, uh, we are going to talk about um, expectations versus reality um, when you get to set. Um, uh, uh, my my thought on this was, um, you know, we all had our first day on set. We all had our uh, days that we hadn't been on set and dreamed of being on set. So I just kind of wanted to have an open conversation about. Um, you can crack that. You can go ahead and crack that. I was waiting for the first of my. Well, I got a story for you. Uh, <laughs> so um, Quinn, you are the greenest of us. Um, so it's probably the uh, most fresh in your head. Um, and you came from MPI, right? Yep. Motion Picture Institute. And um, I've worked with quite a few of the people who have gone there. And um, it seems that a lot of them, based on what they were prepared for from their instructors, differs from what actually happens on set. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. So... MPI, it's a, it's a lot better than most film programs in terms of there's not much film theory. It's, it's all, like, technical stuff. Um, and they really, really stress pre-pro, which is why you're so dumbfounded when you actually get into the Michigan <laughs> film industry. And they're like, pre-pro, what's that? Wait, is that where you, like, do work before you click roll on the and camera? And it's not everybody. It's not everybody. <laughs> it's not everybody, I've, I've, but I've got there's a, yeah. a huge demographic of that. There's a project I've got coming soon, and I've been talking with the director, and, you know, we're a couple months out, and we're already in conversation, so that already makes me happy. Yeah. Um, but you're not wrong. There's a lot of um, a lot of productions that I've been on that have a serious lack of prep. They thought they did. They say they did. But I think the, the understanding of what actually needs to happen during pre-production is probably just a bit misunderstood. Yeah. By and a it's lot of it's refreshing to know that there is a, a film school out there that is focusing on the pre-production. Yeah. And when I do work with people who have come through MPI, I, I do recognize that about mm -hmm. them, that they're as disturbed as I am about how regular protocol is not being and, like, yeah. what do you mean? You like, do you didn't do a tech scout? No, I, I asked for one. It was, yeah, it was denied. So like, not to, not to show the Michigan film industry. Like, there is all like, like I'm a little bit on the lower tier, but like, of so I see a lot of that. No pre pro jobs, but Joe, I mean, he could tell you he worked on like this awesome music video, like where it was like, like a, he's done some bigger stuff where pre pro is definitely a thing, and it's definitely in Michigan. So not to make everyone think that yeah, Michigan that's, is like that's what I was gonna say a, too. A so wasteland. Um, yeah, wanna, we're strictly talking the lower end of the indie yeah. film market, right? So I want I want to I want to kind of say like I there isn't an excuse, but I understand. I understand why it is. So the biggest thing um, out out here, especially, is. Um, Turn and burn, right? You got to keep moving. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, nobody's paying for pre-production or post-production. Unfortunately, so. with the budgets that are available, you know, <laughs> and be on set. but but to that, I I want to stress how how much money can be saved by oh, proper yes. pre-production because I have seen money spent on the day 
that could have been way less had it been, you know, thought about and 10 discussed. Ten or 20,000 here where you're like, that could have been five. Why didn't you tell anybody? Yeah. yeah. Or just um, time, just simple time, dollars. Like, like, like well, this yeah. is the equipment that we have, and you built this set to these specifications. We can't get the shot you have that you want with the the set well, you and built with and, the and equipment we have because somebody didn't do a measurement. You built a bridge that opens up at the top and we're not going <laughs> to actually use it? Yeah, the, 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 doesn't, the equipment won't fit over the yeah, top. Man. Yeah, and that's just math. That's just, yeah. you know, there was math done for the construction, but... Well, like, had, had we planned for that, then we could have known and, like, pr planned to, like, take the light rig down and put it on the cranes this was a real the camera. Like, it, it could have been fixed. Yes, right. Had it been planned properly, right, right. So um, we had we had the means. I find I find that pre-production is easily where they they first because, I mean you know uh, one of the recent discussions I had with a a, a potential work opportunity was talking about pre-production and they hadn't considered that they you know that I would even want to be paid for that and. You know, I get I get when when budgets are done and the more that someone asks for, the more it cuts in. But the important thing to think about when you're going into something that you hope to produce and hope to make money from, your potential for earning is going to be better if the product is better. Yes. And if you can, you know, just plan properly and, and, and slow down a little bit. Uh, before rushing in, I think right. that's that's kind of where we're at with for sure. So, so to further what you're saying with our our movie Nightcap that we're working on, um, the reason we haven't fully like come forward with the budget and really been looking for funding, which is the stage we are at, is because we realize no matter how involved we are in the crew, we still don't fully understand like where does all the money need to go. So as we're building the budget, we're like, well, did we cover everything? Mm -hmm. Have we covered everything? I think because before we're asking for money and submitting for this, we need to know that every avenue is covered for post. And I think that's the important thing. So I think and pre with a lot of the experience pre that I've had, and post a lot of people marketing has to be involved in the budget. A lot of people have a script or an idea, and then they have somebody who says, "I have this much money." Now you need to fit whatever you want inside of that, as opposed to, this is the project I have, this is what I estimated it will cost, Right. how can we find that to make sure we do that appropriately? Right. And, and I think that gives you two different work scopes. We are not forcing ourselves to pull the trigger on how much it's going to cost. We want to make sure we have every right person mm -hmm. in the right seat so nothing goes overlooked. Because we've seen too many things go overlooked because, well, we don't have money for that. So pre-production was one of the things that really struck you when you got in. Um, yeah, I mean, my first set, like, uh, like um, basically, I didn't just go from film school to sets. There was basically like a couple-month period where I was trying to get on sets, then COVID, and then, right. and then went away from the military, then came back from the military. Tried to get on sets for a few months. Parents were hounding me, get a job, get a job. Got a job for a year. Quit that job to pursue sets. Then finally got on film sets. And then finally yeah. started consistently working. So it was a process. But when I finally got there, I was just like, I, I mean, it, it, I don't, I, enough of MPI was still in my head where I was like, whoa. So. I think one of the important distinctions to make is there are a, a, 
unlimited amount of types of film sets that you'll be on. And I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation um, because I, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I personally haven't been on a Hollywood level set of organization and budget and so forth. Same. So I don't have that experience to speak on, um, but I've been on varying types of budget. So I think it's important to not um, degrade the existence of one or another, but just learn from what that type does, right? Because I think there are some things that are done at an independent level that I appreciate that, you know, maybe has a big uh, influence on like, you know, my opinion of Steven Spielberg type movies. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. I can, yeah, why, like why go big if you can get it done? Right. Because, because you, you can, have the fucking money, you have the, yeah, why not when you have um, so, so that being said, so just establishing that, that I understand that we understand that there's multiple different levels of types of sets and, sure. and our experience is limited. Um, coming from the MPI uh, school, um, I asked you because uh, we went to specs and that was more TV based. And so the, the curriculum TV and, and radio uh, and or like they wanted you to be a, a editor, director. Or yeah, the so the, the discipline and the expectation was was set, you know, a bit differently. But um, when you got on set and, you know, you've worked 10 plus projects now. Yeah, now it's up to 14. But, yeah. But so we're, we're getting nice, up there, bro. Um, yeah. Did you think that the scheduling was going to be quite a, like the schedules you've worked? Have you worked any crazy schedules yet? I mean, what do you, I, what I do you mean I by crazy schedule? Like a crazy abusive schedule or just like, like a big so, movie? So 16 like 16 to 18 hours, come no, back I mean, in six. I mean, I mean, more along no the lines of, I mean, more along the lines of, you know, you've got a 10 day shoot and the first three days are days. The second two are overnights. And then you got a weekend off to reset to days and then to overnights. I mean, did you? I mean, no, I mean, like, I mean, the, the job I was on not too long ago, we, there was like consistently three to four hours OT. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the crew fought for a 12-hour turnaround. Like, I haven't really been on a crazy abusive set, you know. I mean, I've had my my fair share of staying up all night for multiple days in the military, but that's not a movie set. But I, I guess I really haven't been, like, crazily abused, or I guess if we're getting compensated, just crazy on the grind in mm -hmm. terms of, like, something really, like like Joe's saying, like eight, two 18-hour days where it's, like, six-hour turnaround kind of thing. Did you know going in that you were going to be working minimum 12-hour days? Was that yeah, something they yeah. set up an expectation yeah, they, they for? They set that up. They definitely don't say that too much because, like, and the one thing, another thing they don't say about, Because it's like, not like that on unions. I'm not saying they don't work overtime, but you're yeah. guaranteed your payment. And, and so they make an effort to yeah. get people out in 10 hours. They, on, they say it, but they don't do the whole, like, like hey, being in the film world's like, it's hard work. Like, they, they don't really stress that because one secret a little about MPI is about... Less than 30% of the people that go there actually end up staying in the industry for more than, like, five years, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, based off, like, they're, it's, like, out of my class, it's, like, me and, like, six people out of, like, like it's not, 40. It was very it's not really specs. a quantifiable industry. Yeah. Like, no. if, if you're going and saying, well, I need to make this much an hour and work these many hours and I need this much of my free time, this is not the industry yeah. for you. Like, that's another reason you why need I need to have a passion. Yeah, that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Yes, yeah. that's that's really what I'm, I'm, I'm going for because I, 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 I going in... Um, you know, I. It was you twenty can years. Make a substantial living. You can. It was twenty years before I, I became in a you know a, a actual film, you know worker like where I can say that this is my job. Um, so I've wanted it for a very long time, but even even back then I had the attitude that I, I wanted to get on set and, and, for lack of a better word, be abused for a while to, quote-unquote, earn my way. So it's like yeah. I had that attitude, but, you know, PAs, 
on set nowadays, it's like as soon as they get inconvenienced, they're like, oh, fuck this shit. I, I, this isn't what I signed up for. As opposed to seeing like, hey, yes, I'm picking up trash and these people are fucking filthy, but I can I learn something from here. I did as well. I, okay, so uh, the, the t- first TV show that I got on that was like a real union gig here uh, in Michigan before the incentives left, right? This mm-hmm. was the year the incentives left. So, like I could, I was really fighting to get into the union that year because I thought it could actually be right beneficial a, a, to a beneficial thing. But when all the incentives mm-hmm. leave, then what's the point of being in the union? All the fucking jobs left. Anyway, so I'm in this movie and I'm hired on, I'm in this TV show, I'm hired on as a PA. I was not a PA for two days. The second day, the art director saw me just taking charge of other PAs and to get stuff done in a more organized manner because mm-hmm. there was just this list of things and people just like, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. Okay, well, you do this because you wanted to do that. And I just found the ease of it. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm, you know, some people are born leaders. Right? I'm not yeah. trying to toot my own horn, but my a leader saw that in me and pulled me out and said, well, you're going to help us be... And I wound up head of construction for this show for eight seasons. So I think that's an important story, um, especially for our market. So, Dedication, you know, hopefully, hopefully we have people, you know, who are listening ethic. from multiple different areas. And this may not be true if you live, you know, close to Hollywood or close to a place where a lot of large budget movies are done. In those cases, a PA is a PA and you're going to do the things you do. But, you know, here, you know, like we were talking about, budgets are a constraint here in Michigan. Right. Um, we work on a lot of lower tier, less, you know, sub not just sub million but sub 500,000 you know sub 100,000 this was my first 1 million dollar production let me so let let me yeah, sure Sorry. um so when you end up on a set as a PA, a lot of times it's because they're looking for um, low-cost labor or no-cost labor. And, yeah, you might be asked to come to set and and be there for 12 or 14 hours and um, you know, get paid very little or even almost nothing to nothing. But the only reason you should be taking that job is because you want to move from that position up, and this is why I think Joe's tenacity. This is why I think Joe's so story that job was. This is why I think Joe's story is important because you can quickly move in one of these scenarios from a PA to something of note and be getting hands-on instruction in a way faster opportunity. I have seen people go from PA to second ACs or PAs to uh, a, you know. A, what we would call a second AD, we haven't really seen them, but those types of responsibilities yes. that you wouldn't ordinarily on a large, if you were one of 50 PAs or one of, you know, a team of PAs that you wouldn't get the opportunity to do. So it's important that the small jobs are done, but there's a high reality of an opportunity where there's a hole that needs to be filled on set because the budget wasn't enough to put a person there. Right. You could all of a sudden become props because you are a free hand. And if they notice that your tenacity and your observation is enough to be able to flip Precisely. that cup over and put just enough Pepsi back in it before the next roll, you now have a job so that next time you get on set and you say, oh, hey, you know what? I can do props. Yeah. There's more to the job. Please don't get me wrong. There's more to the job. But now you've already got that hands-on experience exactly in that right. department that you can now, now you've now you've got an opportunity to be something other than a PA. Right. And that's what happened here. So I was hired on and it was a pay gig. It was $100 a day for PA. And they, they did have a decent budget. But 
they were just trying to get the most help for the least amount of money, mm -hmm. right? Which is perfectly understandable, mm -hmm. but they had the money to work. So when the leaders, this guy Neil Wicks, who was the art director, and his, his wife, Ayanna Floyd, they, she was a, a, the production designer, they saw my tenacity, my ability, and he asked me to come. Like, he didn't just approach me like, oh, you're a leader. He came to me and he said, he said oh, you're doing really well. I need this done, and he had me go build some things for him. Mm -hmm. And I built them so fast and so well that he was like, can I put a people, a couple people under you, and you get these couple things done? And he gave me a day to get, like, five things done with five people under me. I got it done in half a day. Mm -hmm. And he he made sure that the the executive producers paid me 250 a day, and he gave me head of construction, like... And then I had like I was doing onset greenskeeper. Like I had like I became the guy to cover whatever the umbrella yeah. needed to I would say like for anybody coming into the industry, one of the things that the best pieces of advice that I could give is be useful. Would you agree with that, Quinn? Yeah, and be cheap. Like the only reason why I'm here is because I was DITing on a really low tier movie and I basically followed one of our close colleagues onto another set after asking them if I could come on, like, paid for them, and then they said no, and then, like, a day later, I asked them if I could come on for free, and they are like, sure, why not? And then they, like, kept me. Like, you, you, like, sometimes your worth is zero at the beginning. You know, sometimes you have to, like, they don't want you. You have to you. offer yourself yeah. to come in and prove your worth when they yeah. see, like, oh, we got to pay that guy because if we don't, he won't come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the way. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to like be free at first, and then, and then, if you stay free, it's probably because you suck. But <laughs> if you stay free, it's because your worth is actually if zero. If somebody out there, like when I first saw Quinn, I was like, this cat has something going on, and he knows his shit. He has a tenacity that you can't teach, mm -hmm. and I wanted to give him more knowledge so that he could you know what i mean like yeah true people rec like a talent recognized talent and i want you know i want people that have the tenacity have the want the passion for this industry you know what i mean you can be a hard worker and not be for this industry and i'm gonna back anybody who i believe in for sure but there's just yeah, there's, there was something I saw in you where, like, you came in, you were like, well, tell me what to do, blah, 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 you know, how can I be better? You're always searching for that next step. And that's something that, like, reg you, regardless of what you, you weren't even being paid when I found out for no. that. And he had that much vigor yeah. still. Yeah. So. No, well, and then you, you approached me, and I didn't, I didn't know, because um, having been AD on that set, um, there were some people who showed up that didn't get a schedule from me. So I was like, mm, who are you? What are you? And right. um, so I and I don't know what your agreements were. You know, I, know, I found out that there was a grip being paid to grip that wasn't gripping any day. And this cat yeah. comes out of the woodwork doing like I didn't have to ask him for shit. If mm -hmm. I showed him something once, he did it every time. Hey, this is how I do this. Mm -hmm. Boom. It was done before I had to ask for it. Yeah. Um, so if you were to that's rewarded, buddy. If you were to, because um, uh, we've we've um, accidentally started doing something here, and I, I, I like it, so I'm going to keep going with it. So we've got be useful, we've got be free. If you were to summarize um, that that 
um, description you just gave us, what would you what would you say that would be as far as a tip to somebody getting on set? Be tenacious. Be hungry. Be hungry. But cautious. Probably know you know your line and toe that motherfucker. Yeah. Never so, step back from it. Be ready to step over it and jump right back I behind think, it. I think you don't the want next, to go too far past it. The next thing that I would add then would be be curious. Hmm. Would you guys agree with yeah, that? Curious? Yeah. Like the fucking cat. Yeah. I would you say, got nine lives. It won't kill you but in eight times. Never be afraid. Have you ever had any trouble on set um, asking a question and, and getting an answer no. from somebody? No, no. Um, I think if you're ever on set in any position and you have a question, choose the right time, obviously. But seek out information don't yeah. wait for information to fall yeah in your plate and, and, i think you need and, to okay so like per personally I, I can be very intense on set because i get hyper focused mm -hmm. right i have adhd you know i get a little fucking so sometimes my my answers when you ask a question can be a little curt yes facts but that doesn't mean I'm angry at you or I don't genuinely want you to know the answer to it. So just because somebody can be like really just because you're the first re remember that everybody is working. Yes. A, 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 That's what I'm saying. So you said find the right time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you find the wrong time. But yep. that doesn't mean you're going to get the wrong answer. You better just get the wrong tone. And I would say if, if if you cower from a response like that and and are then trepidatious and reapproaching that that would hurt your future, you know, inadvertently or yeah. you know, like you we will take notice like of that. Like if it's the first time I've hired you and you come to me with a question and I'm like rigging a light and I say, "Well, it's this." And I'm just like I will probably come back to you, "Sorry, this is what you're asking, right? Well, it is that, but here's why. And right. I, I will approach that. But if you are now scared of me because I snapped at you, I'm probably not right. hiring wait, you. Wait again. until the yeah. truck is being packed and be like, hey, earlier, you know, you were asking me to do this with the C-stand. What did you mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, Timing is always, a, always, you know, be open to learning something new and asking questions and open to being embarrassed. I, I think that's important. For sure, yeah. Um I, I definitely, I, I revel in the people I hire mm -hmm. always teach me something. Because if I asked you to do something and you don't do it the way that I would do it, I've just learned from you. That's uh, another way to approach that. One of the things that is, um, that I, I love about the film industry, um, especially out here because we have, you know, such short schedules, you know, very seldom do we get a four week schedule. You know, oftentimes it's a 10 day, 12 day, yeah. you know, two week. Um, but that amount of time spent with the same people still feels like a long time. Um, have either of you found um, that? Um, oh, bonds have been made. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah. really trying to find a way to, to have you have you have you noticed? The most important thing is just being, and again, this falls under the umbrella of being a hard worker. But being someone that someone else wants to hang with for twelve hours a day. 14 days in a row. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. being, like being a cool motherfucker is like part of the job. Yeah. Like, well, I could not see these people for 12, 15, 24 months, mm -hmm. but we spent 14 beautiful, horrendous days together. Yeah. <laughs> right? In the fucking icy snow. Or and, something. When, and when you show up on set and they're like, oh, John, you're like, oh, fucking, yeah. You know, like, it's like no time has passed. It could have been two, three years, but you're that. That kinship right. doesn't age. Right. I, I would definitely say there, You're there are... You're just ready to create together again. Um, hmm. You know, 
if you work a regular job, and uh, by regular job I mean the same the same place, the same people, nine uh, on to a regular, five, whatever hours, whatever the hours are, but but it's a continuous pattern. Same you, you already know, like, there's the people you like going to work with and the people you don't like going to work with. And all of us are... First, on the schedule again today. All of us. Every oh. single one of us is somebody's, oh, God, I got to work with him. Yeah. But, but we're also all somebody's, oh, I get to work with him. Right. So in, the, in those yeah. situations, you are always going. And, and what's great about this is because it's in these, these cycles of on, off, on, off, um, you... You grow these strengths with people, and yeah, I mean, there are definitely people who have left a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't and you, like seeing them you again. Do that a few times, you probably won't come around again. So it, it's freelance, exactly, because we are we are independent contractors. There are, so there um, are a lot of people I work with that won't work with a lot of people I work with. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to bridge that gap. Like I don't mm -hmm. want to name any names. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. But I just it's it's something I see. And I'm I'm aware of, and I know you guys are aware of, like in a and a lot of the really talented people in the indie industry throughout the nation are they they know like there's there are things you do and things you don't do right and uh, so the point what I'm the best. what we're bringing to is uh, word of mouth is important in this industry um, a lot of the a lot of the work that you're going to get a lot of the work that you hope to get is from your name being mentioned by somebody else and so being always on point of representing yourself in the best possible light and being as um, reachable as possible like you you want to be the solution to somebody's problem and that's what gets you put on set would you agree yeah. oh 100 uh, percent when the last three clients that have approached me that I've not worked with have all said, I have heard great things about you and I need you on my project. Now, have I worked on those projects? Not necessarily. Sometimes the budget and the negotiations don't go the way you want, but it's a it's a good reputation going around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hungry to work with them. They're hungry to work with me. And hopefully one day that will come. But sometimes you need they to don't realize match. that you are your product. Yeah. Yes. And, and what that looks like, he's a department head, but what that looks like as someone that is two or like one to two levels below a department head is is getting there before the, the grip tra trailer gets there and like figuring out where he's going to park and doing all the extra steps so that he can just focus on the artistic part. You know, that's a good bridging point. the gap. Right. Well, being that's the how I got to the department yeah. is being someone who was always there early because early's on time. On time is late, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, especially on a movie set. When we say eight o'clock, you better be there at seven thirty because otherwise you miss breakfast. And not, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck if you're cranky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a job to do, baby. Yeah, yeah it's, it's important. Um, it's important to always check out the schedule on Google Maps before the day before. You know, yep. do do a street level view. What am I pulling up into? What am Plan I Plan oh, your shit. arrive time. Know the traffic patterns. Check out the weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta know. Yeah. yeah, I have like every type of coat you could ever need in my car just because just sitting there. I will yep. not be cold on set. I like, got a rain suit. I yep. got yeah. Dudes will be everything. shivering and crying and I'll be sweating because I have every coat I would ever need. So that's that's actually a pretty good uh, segue. Um, was there any discussion in class as far as dressing? I mean, so it's it's harder for me to answer this question because, you know, I got into I was mid 30s by the time I got on to set. So I, if if I hadn't figured out life, yeah. you know, it, I, shame on me. Look, you if know? you're in crew behind the scenes, I don't care what but, position, PA, AD. I don't give a fuck. If you are behind the camera, waterproof shoes with safety toes. Yeah. 
hundred percent comfortable insoles. You'd be standing for yeah. twelve hours, and you know you might want is, something to sit on that's cushiony. Is because, a tire addressed and, at all? In yeah, they they talked about the whole like like wear all black on set thing, yeah. which isn't really a thing in Michigan. I mean, I, no, I, I did is. it the first you few days. Dress black, you, you really but, should, but I so sometimes I'll do it on the first or second day, and if I notice that like a, there's a serious lack, I'm you like, want right, to well, show up and dress blacks and feel out the production because there's been times where I've shown up just with the fucking orange hanky in my back pocket and they're mm-hmm. like get that guy with the orange out of here and I was like and threw it out in there because I was standing on a frame and holding it yeah, and my butt was reflecting off the car this was a commercial for mm-hmm. one of the top four mm-hmm. uh, car companies yeah. and the director was just being a dick but whatever you know like because I had been killing it and like yeah, I was so holding it this way and then the wind flipped, so I had to so turn around, and then he saw the orange in my yeah, back pocket. It was, it was poor And planning. I didn't even throw it. I literally just tucked it in my pocket, and he goes, But, I mean, oh, that's that's an important example, because yes, that, can, that can destroy That could somebody. have destroyed my reputation, because mm-hmm. this director is huge in the car commercial world. Like, this guy's... Like any car company, any car commercial what about, that's been on the what Super about Bowl, shoes and comfort year. and and anything like that? Do they, do so they give it, you any idea of what the general personable it, comfort it, it is on set? It wasn't like that. Like we didn't get too much. They was it was a very dirt, creating directors and creating ads and creating producer. That's what the program wanted. They wanted. So I feel like those what's, yeah, people what's, graduating yeah. who don't they realize they to, still I need to I feel like go there are certain the pains. Yeah. There are certain pains that you need to understand in order to be good at those yeah. jobs. Yeah. If I want to be yeah. a director, I still yeah. need to all figure those, out what a casting agent yeah. is. What all those all the all the grads that wanted that that called themselves DPs, they didn't realize that all they were was PAs and second ACs. They're like all the like like they they MPI they they want to create like the big names right so they mm-hmm. the the whole point of it is like they hope they get to, a spike Jones for, yeah they, they the whole point is for us to direct and create th- three films while we're there and the third one we're supposed to take to like the circuit right and so that's the whole point is like they're farming for like clout in the future they're creating mm-hmm. these guys to build their school the whole point is to create directors that's basically what the program you're there to be a director and it's kind of like all the, like, you. There's like these workshops that are like one to two weeks. There's like it's like a two week so how to do how to be like a boom guy, a sound engineer, or whatever. Then two like two weeks. Yeah, not for sound. Time. Yeah, it's it's not enough. Or like or there was like it was we'd spend like a month on what I what I would call G and E. No no class like like um like when I was on Topper for example, I still don't really understand like the whole like electric side of Genie that well and there was no oh, talk. Oh where the house almost burned down and I saved <laughs> yeah, our lives. Yeah. 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 Like that there was no talk of that. It was just kinda like like the artistic philosophical, like mm-hmm. like key hair fill light and stuff like that. None like, of the practical, electrical yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was it's but very important. But they, they hammer pre production, they they hammer creating direct directors. Um, they really, I mean, in terms of like what type of shoes to wear, what type of like coats and stuff, it really, it was, there was no talk of that. There was no talk of, um, like, of course they say like 15 minutes early, but there wasn't really talk of personal prep. You know, they didn't say that like, that like keep oh, a, yeah. keep a lighter in your pocket in case like a big guy wants a, like a big guy on set wants a smoke or something like that. They didn't, right. they didn't say keep shit. A lighter, like have, have your Leatherman, a wrench, a knife, yeah. you, you know, a, a flashlight, mm-hmm. a headlamp, like yeah. all these little things. Yeah, they didn't. So, and I your think toolkit. I don't care what job a PA needs a toolkit, man. Yeah. So I think the point to be made here isn't so much to um, uh, 
and it doesn't sound like you were, so I'm not I'm not yeah. implying this, but to degrade the uh, education processes that some of us go, because I think you're limited, right? Yeah. And I, that's why I'm curious in asking. But I think that brings us to the point where, um, you know, experience comes into play. You know, these are things that you, you learn and you pick up along the way. So... Um, they do a lot of things right, though. Like that's what I say. So the things that you were mentioning yeah. are all important things. Yeah. I think that's all paramount. There but I think to your you can't learn to your other point you're where set. you're saying that everyone comes out and they're like, they like, oh, I'm a DP or I'm a director. I think there is this um, this this ego thing, and and you know, if there's a message I can send out to anybody else who's interested in trying to get into this is don't be afraid to be a PA. Don't be yeah. afraid to 100%. be a grip. Don't be afraid to be lower tier departments. It, like to jump. Right Right ahead into a department head of some kind without any kind of experience is only going to hurt you in in becoming the best in that position. I am hundred percent ready to be a DP. I have no problem riding out being a gaffer. Like I'm not like I'm hungry. I want a mm -hmm. DP, right? But I I understand the value of my knowledge. I think that so it's. I tell some of my DPs what lens to use, what ND filter to use, because I know enough about the camera, and I surprise the shit out of them with that. If I if I were to make an analogy of, of some kind, I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant to so many different industries and fields, so this would be, you know, shooting my... my but uh, if we were to make... It's okay, let's say, construction, right? Shooting fish you know, in a barrel is easy until it's dark out. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, let's use a farmer, right? You know, you, you got to work the farm, somebody else's farm for a while, shovel the shit. You got to right. repair the fence. You've got to, for, in order for you to be like, man, when I have my farm, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. When I, when I own. Shore, son-in-law. When I own animals, this is how I, so I think uh, for all of our experiences, Ding. that's important here as well. I think you should cherish and treasure the time that you do in the trenches, you know, yes. because well, one of a couple of things, um, you know, there's only so much growth in to film. To further that, I love sometimes with the right person, like my friends that I know, like Phil or Trevor or John Luca, like if they're gaffing and they want me to come and key for them and be their, you know, their Support backbone, system. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Hell yeah, brother. Like, Mm -hmm. Fucking take what I've taught you or what you've taught me and move to the next level, and I will back you up. Yeah. 100%. I got no problem going back to the trenches if I'm doing it for somebody's progression that I fucking truly believe in. So that is another great segue. I think that um, another thing to keep in mind with uh, the expectations versus reality of set is the uh, collaboration aspect. Um, I think a lot of people going in, especially, you know, my my generation is the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. We saw these independent single name people coming up. And, you know, you growing up, you there was, think like independent cinematographer. But yeah, this is when, a collaborative when art. when, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to make a movie in your mind. You only think you need the actor, the director and the camera like there's there's these these pinnacle roles and the truth of the matter is there's so many so many other roles it's such a collaborative art so um i think too many people want to be competitive with yeah. others in if the industry as opposed to industry with an ego i don't even want to work with you right like i know that every single person that comes in this today at the start of this production i value mm -hmm. and i need so that my job's easier mm-hmm 
and I want to hear every role why. Is important. Why do you need me to do this? Can I do this? I will. I will talk to sound. Can I put cords here? Can I put a fan here? Can I put if we need a generator here? I have to talk to audio about that. Because yeah. I, you know, as as gaffer or electrician, you're, you're powering makeup. You're powering hair. You're powering wardrobe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All these things that are quintessential. They are essential to every other cog working the way they're supposed to. Yep. And nobody's more important than anybody. So when you bring ego into this, you're automatically fucking with the system. Um, Quinn, gripping. Um, did you think you'd have as much time to sit as it turns out you do? <laughs> um, I mean, it gets frustrating sometimes, it, it doesn't it? It didn't phase me because you'll never sit around and wait more than in the military. So it didn't phase me, but it definitely <laughs> surprised me on on set. Honestly, um, now it, you, it it's different when you're you're sitting for a reason. Like like everything's all set up. They're just working out the shot. The actors yeah. need some time. Or hey, the sound guy doesn't have time code. Uh, we're gonna sit around for three hours, like there's or, or something, just some like some BS reason versus them like getting the art when right. You, when you know yeah. why, when it's for the ultimate outcome, if something is not happening to move yeah. things forward, yeah. I was I was surprised when how much waiting around. When you understand it, it's yeah. so much more tolerable. When you're like, why are we sitting here and nobody has an answer? Was the joke? Was the joke hurry up and wait ever made at school? Um ever referred no. to at all like is that not something you heard until I mean, you got on set yeah 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 i mean it was i i don't know if i heard it i mean I, it wasn't really a thing like they didn't really there was no like griping they didn't really like teach like the they didn't really teach us to gripe you know it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't really like it's too bad that's an important lesson too. yeah it's it's yeah. a big part of filmmaking you got to complain and complain <laughs> you gotta properly vent. you got to you got to you got to but not be too bitchy cuz then you get kicked yeah. off set or fired yeah. Yeah. or like it was oh yeah downer. mind your respect mind your respect yeah. but it's a job like any other and yeah. you know like we said it's it's temporary employment so the, the the group that you're in the specific group while you may work with many of them again you are in a temporary situation so you, you, you're gonna need to vent sometimes. Sometimes you need to go off where make sure you're out of earshot. You find a safe space or somebody who understands and, and bitch, you. Bitch about me. Bitch about I don't yeah. I don't care. We we all piss each other I off. Think, I think to quantify it, it would be that MPI paints the picture to its students that every set is gonna be like the like the union like super organized super pre production perfect hierarchy like like, like wah, everything wah. like like crazy crafty uh, a, a third AD you know a full <laughs> fourteen man genie team like every set's gonna be that and they really don't they don't express that, like what the grind's gonna be like um, like they they preach it like every set is just a, this giant thing. And that's because what they're trying to prepare you for big time is the big time, you know. But uh, they don't really prepare you for to get to like the the what you're going to be doing for There's the next three four to four, seven years to there get are right. three or four stages yeah. from graduating yeah. or just yep. entry level to the big time, yeah. and every single stage is just as shockingly different from the next. So like working on a hundred thousand dollar production. Oh, hold on, let me step it back. Working on a ten thousand dollar production <laughs> to working on a fifty thousand dollar to working on a hundred thousand to working on a three hundred thousand to working on a million to working on a three yeah. million and it doesn't to mean working on a four million yeah. in three day three music video shoot yeah with yeah. iconic international stars like I've done all these things 
there's really no difference if you come willing, hungry, passionate. Yeah. The people will recognize your talent. Mm-hmm. How, how? But you need to know also, like at the lower budget, sometimes you just need to step off and be like, look, if this is where they ride and this is where I am today, let's let them ride. Mm-hmm. And let's, because I mean, I, I've gone prematurely gray off of stressing over something that I have no control over because I'm used to a higher level production, but this is the one that's paying the mortgage this month. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to ride your lane. Now, just because a movie doesn't have that much money in your guys' experience, does like less money mean less professional? No, not necessarily. Not always. So, Yeah, and could you guys kind of elaborate on that? You guys have been way more sets than me. Yeah, I have 100%. Uh, the very first film set that I ever had, the, um, the the first feature film set that I ever had the opportunity to work on was... Um, if I Can't Have You. If I Can't Have You, and it was uh, a, a many, if not all of us, were working on um, you know either a, fam- uh, a favor or... A favor or or um, trade or like it was we were there because we wanted to be there every single one and it is to this day still the most organized and fun set that I'd ever been on and there was no stress everybody, everybody was so just happy to be literally with each everybody other. there wanted to be there regardless of how big or how small your responsibilities were and that made all the difference all the difference in getting through because we had some long days yes. um there were some days before i got on set where they worked an overnight i'm legit what time did you start and then it was i mean it was uh, it was I a think, long day I think we started at like 10 a.m maybe and it went through the morning and we went to 4 5 a.m and i drove home while the rest of the crew drank beers watching the sunrise i was driving home yeah to come back in three hours just because i needed to yeah, decompress. <laughs> well, no, I like I, I I had to be there to wake my daughter. Yeah, like yeah, I, right. I wasn't there to put her to bed. And as, yeah, it was just one um, of those things. But yeah, what the, my takeaway from that was, the, you know, uh, the want, the desire. You know, uh-huh. you know there was that you do get caught up in, and you know, I, I'm probably jaded in that as well because you know we want this to be our career. So yeah. there's a there's a, a a black and white necessity for it yes, to be your career is. and, and, and there's, something, there's something in that like but, so i was an hour from home and everybody else was staying so I, I i actually opted out of camaraderie and for the the commune you know mm-hmm. to 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 go home and come back when i could have just stayed and you know and there was a lot of bonds built that day between mm-hmm. people like watching the sunset uh, have like some people were having their last beer while somebody was getting up having a cup of coffee to, yeah. you know what i mean it, but i heard those stories and you know i think for me the the difference between having an experience like that and then having some of the lesser positive experiences that have i have experienced the biggest difference is the reason that everybody is there um, I think there are many, many reasons um, for people to want to be in this industry, and I can't tell you what are the right reasons. Um, I have my opinion on what are some of the wrong reasons, but I think the wrong reason 
can be poisonous to any set. And if I had to elaborate, um, for example, one of the things that is a bit irksome. If you're for there me, to post on social media that you're exactly. on set today, if you, if, get the fuck off my if set. If the whole reason that you want to be there is to say that you're there as opposed to, because what that does is now the pain and the suffering is now pain and suffering to you instead of just a hurdle to get to the goal. And I think your body reacts to it differently, your energy reacts to it differently, and you react to different people yes, differently because 100%. of it. So when, when like you guys said, it was an awesome experience. Everyone wanted to be there. It would not. You guys didn't like write it or nothing. It was no. you guys were so no. so as people that were brought on to the crew. What what made you feel that way? Because I wanted to be. I want. It was my first time on a feature movie. I didn't know anything about the script. Whatever I saw was the first time I saw it, so I didn't really know what it was that we were making. So I, I was, was completely, I was completely devoid of that. I was brought on by the executive producer, and she said, uh, "We need your help with this like expansive style of lighting," and uh, she wanted some help with some practical effects for blood work and like fighting choreography, and, you know, so the things I do, and. I've I've grown to more focus on lights, but those things I still do. And uh, when when we went into that, I told her I was like, "Look, you're stretching me a little thin, and I'm loving what I'm doing, but I need to bring my boy in. I need this guy coming because they had me come in for Fred Evans, who we've had on the show. He had tennis elbow. He was having some problems with his arm, and he couldn't hold the boom. So I came in as sound utility." And immediately realized they didn't understand how to properly light a large outside scene. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't know a lot of things. Which is fine. Like, that's, like, I, I got to learn with them, help teach them. Like, it was this beautiful thing. But I got to bring my, my business partner in on it. And then they got to this, this fight scene. And <laughs> nobody knew what to do with it. And I was like, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. And then, and then Calvin being the method actor he is was like oh well thanks for all the planning i'm gonna make brian hit me in the face like brian had to just brian was like huh and i'm like calvin you need to just turn your cheek and sell it he's like it's not hard enough but it was this beautiful culmination of all these people wanting to be where they needed to be and when I showed, like, a PA Seth, like, how to, like, track with the light and fall out of the scene because the camera's going to go past. It was just this beautiful dance hmm. of everybody learning how to up their game. Even me, like, learning from them and how they would do things differently than I was taught. You know, like, where you taught at MPA, I was taught at, at, at Specs and then learned from other people. Like, it's just a beautiful dance of everybody loving what they're there to do to create this message and this this art for people to take in. I think for me, um, being that it was my first opportunity on a film set, um, I wanted to prove myself because I wanted to, I, I didn't know anybody else there other than Joe. So I wanted to be, I wanted to make a stamp because I wanted somebody to remember me for next time. But because my desire for getting into film came a lot from watching behind the scenes stuff from um, DVDs uh, uh, or, you know, <laughs> earlier in life, as well as um, 
um, reading stories and, and reading uh, books about filmmaking and, and learning about the movies that like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Clerks that were just shitty little movies being made by some people becoming phenomenons that are culturally you know important I didn't know whether or not this piece that I was working on could be that story and you know that this could be the film that like today I'm talking about you know going forward so for me it was personal motivation that I wanted this to be important regardless of what happened to it in the end I wanted my work to matter regardless of what I was yeah you know the first day I showed up on set I didn't really have a title they kind of threw me in as grip I was like sure because these are things that I had light experience in I knew the I knew the idea of it I knew it was necessary but I didn't know like one of the things for me this man spent an hour and a half in a bedroom that was 110 degrees because no one let me know they said cut I didn't hear a goddamn cut not one uh, you guys keep talking I gotta pee um but um uh, threw my my train of thought off. Um, you were talking about you like, were willing to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I knew I knew that there was sacrifice. I I was willing to make sacrifice. So you know I wasn't being paid to go out there. I w was out there for what can I take away? What can I move away from this? I wanted to make sure I learned something from somebody. And ultimately, I wanted you know in the back of my mind for the thing that we're to be making to be history in some way. And, you know, not everything that you work on is going to be a banger. And I think that that is um, another important thing to think about that, like, you shouldn't treat the script or the job that you go on uh, any differently, regardless of the caliber of the script or the set that you're on. Mm -hmm. I think you should always come into set bringing, you know, 150 percent um, because, one, you're always working for the next job. Always, you, you completely agree. Always be trying to yeah. impress somebody random on set that you might think is just some random Joe, not to realize that they themselves are in the industry and just catch on. You know, um, uh, someone I'm talking to now was t uh, told me that the first time he remembered me was just something I did a day day job on. I came in, I did a cover grip shift for somebody. I ran into him. We had a conversation that I almost had completely forgotten. And then I met him on other sets and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he's telling me, you know, one of the reasons that I called you is because I remembered that time that I met you on this set and we had this conversation. And it was completely unrelated to the job that he's offering me now. So there was an impact that was made because I, I was there for one day, but I didn't treat it like, oh, fuck it. I'm here for one day. It doesn't matter what I do. I came in. I did my job to the the level that I wanted to be, you know, impressive uh, for and and made an impression. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, I think even if you're not like proud of the movie you're working on, even if you show up and yes, you can like you can put forth in your actions like the hardest you can you can you can put out and try to like you can you can try to like impress or whatever but even even if it's not genuine even if you're just putting it out there you can still just have fun with the people on set mm -hmm. like 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 that can be genuine even if i'm on some some really low tier movie that's really unorganized and, and then there's not it's not very artful and and I, i'm still giving it my all because that's my job but it's not like i'm not giving it my all from my heart i'm just giving it my all because that's what i have to do yeah you can still have fun with the guys you can still have fun with the people you're working with and that can kind of bring the joy from the joy that's missing 
the 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 joy that that's not there because the art's not there. Yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? Like you like our Nerf gun fights. Yeah, like like for example, we could be on like the the, the most unorganized like shitty movie, and and we're all we're still like at least I will be I will still be giving it my all, but that doesn't mean it has to be this like soul sucking thing. I can still have Hell fun yeah. with the boys, you know. Like that's kind of the whole as I mean. That's kind of the essence of GE. Sometimes I look at Cam in apartment. I'm like, Oh, those poor guys. Those guys need those to be need to be heavily, heavily medicated. Those yeah. yeah. So those poor guys. And, and poor AD. I mean, often. I mean, so many times I see Brad, and he's just <laughs> a one man department that is just trying not to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. No shit, right? And, and like, he's he is he is he is GE through and through. I love all aspects of yeah. filmmaking. I really do. Like, like, and that, but that's part of the reason I do. Like, I I don't pursue dp like mm-hmm. i like i would or should honestly because i think that's, that's I an important get, point. i get to just you have to chill, realize man. all of the I responsibilities just, like for for you to desire a role to just be called that to to take the the credit the I the mean, it pays a little better well, sure i get that but like if it's just about the clout that comes with saying you are a this nah. and, it, and you don't really fully appreciate and enjoy, then you're going to be unhappy. You're going to talk about I quitting the industry all the zero time. zero ego. I come, I want, if I'm able to just participate in a beautiful shot composition, mm-hmm. I'm a happy man. Yeah. Right? I would love to be the one like, hey, this is the better shot, like blah, blah, blah. But I just, a lot of times there's just, these some of these creators i don't have the energy for your bullshit yeah so i'd rather just oh you, this is that's okay you we got four angles to choose from you're going to choose that one i'm not going to argue with you how do you want it lit let's go how, how you know how far do you think we are from ufo studios being a thing where where your grip trailer is even more expanded you're a dp and if you hire the trailer it, it comes with you as a dp brad is the ad phil is the grapher and then like me and like me is, is the grip or whatever like how like do you think we're like a year out from that a year about a year yeah, yeah i would say yeah it's like, say we're, like we're, we're a package deal that will make your um, movie i would have said six months two months ago but uh we're facing the donald trump recession uh we're facing uh pluto going into uh is it going into gatorade again it's going (laughs) what is that it's not retrograde Mm -hmm. so gatorade but it's going into a state of uh of gravitational pull that it hasn't been in in over 300 years and the last time it was there was the french revolution that's fascinating, but what the fuck does that have to do with film? Well, what it has to do with is it's his astrology. No, oh, okay. no, it has to. It has to do with the fact it's white that white girl signs. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> do you, you you sense a little more disturbance? You know, things coming to a little more of a of a head, like less agreeance. There's more revolt. There's more dissonance. Yeah. That's what I mean, ultimately, you can control what you can control and you can't control what you can't control. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, a a year is probably a a what has happened. If you do not learn from it, you are doomed to repeat. Damn right. Learn your fucking history. Astrological history is still history. Okay, like 3000 years ago, 300 years ago. Dude, look, when comets go by, I love Gatorade. Those fucking magnetic fields fuck with your brain they fuck with the like the centrifuge of our galaxy I'm gonna bring in right, Walt right. Disney gonna, is we'll frozen this beneath for Epcot. when we get Jesus, Neil deGrasse Tyson right. on the Walt show. Disney is okay. under Epcot Fucking right now he's hell. frozen all right, so we've, for <laughs> we've obviously gone off the rail so I, I fucking love you right, right before 
We got to thaw out Walt Damn. Disney. We got to get him out of there. So uh, share with us your stories. Um, Russell uh, Brand, help me. Your stories of uh, on-set experience. Uh, you know, tell us about what your expectation versus reality was. Um, I want to thank everybody here. Uh, this is our regular crew now, so ain't nobody special, but we are all special. Uh, thank you guys for sharing your stories. Thank you for bringing um, my dream to reality. Join us on our regular podcast, the Unorthodox Film Podcast. And, uh Quinn, where can people reach you? You can reach me on Instagram at Quinn. Dot McLaren, no uh, spaces, no uh, no caps, and that's a period when I say a dot. Um, and uh, yeah, or just reach me under the UFO Studios or Facebook, Quinn McLaren. Hey, so uh, you can reach me uh, if you look me up on, on IMDb under Joseph Sheldon Quick. That's a good one. Uh, or on Instagram at chaotic under slash artisan. You all know how to spell. And now uh, you can find me at B Ford. Clark at no, now I've totally forgotten. I think it's just at Beeford. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I should have been more prepared. Look up Bradford Clark Jr. Yeah, uh, look, I'll be, up, look up, look up. Uh, I think it's Beeford Clark. Beeford Clark on Instagram. BJ. On OnlyFans.com. Be, that's right. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, uh, real quick, I just want I want to go over because I thought this was a pretty cool list that we had just out of nowhere come up with. So if you guys have any additions or comments on it, um, the tips that we kind of came up with today for you know getting on set and being on set is be wow. We came up with tips. We did. Wow, be you useful. are on your job. <laughs> be useful. Be free, be hungry, be curious, and be friendly. Anything you want to add real quick? No. Are we okay? That, with, we that's okay? all encompassing, man. That's a good list. Yeah? See, we yeah. did that today, guys. Yeah. We, we did something. Us. Let's get a three-way hey. three going. So thank you, everybody, for joining us, and no we homo. will see you next time. That's a hot fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why you... God damn it, Joe.